there, friend. I'm Amanda Warfield, and you're listening to the Chasing Simple Podcast, episode number 15. On this episode, I'm joined by operations and business manager, Nicole Boucher. Nicole is the co-host of my favorite podcast, Pixie Dust and Profits, which, if you can't tell by the name, is all about two of my favorite things, Disney and business. If you're the type of person who feels like you're a Jack or Jill of all trades and you're unsure how to use that to your advantage, this episode is for you. Nicole is spilling all about what you're probably worried about as you start your business, but shouldn't be, and what you're likely not focusing on, but should be. We're talking jumping in without knowing what you're doing, experimenting in your business, growing with your clients versus always trying to find new clients, shiny object syndrome, and so much more. If you want to stop feeling so much pressure to succeed and instead enjoy your business, this episode is for you. Let's dive in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey friends, so before we dive into this episode, I just want to take a moment to make sure that you're aware of this resource that I've created for you. So content creation, it's a lot of work, right? First, you've got to decide what to post about, then you've got to outline it. Next comes your rough draft, then your edits, and a second edit, and then more edits, and then you finally got your final draft. But then you still have to format it, create and choose the graphics and images you're going to use, and then finally you can schedule it. But that doesn't even include any of the work you have to do once it's out there for the world. It's exhausting, right? Now, you already know that I am all about using batching to speed this process up. But I kept hearing from y'all that the actual creation process also just takes a really long time for you. So I created a free audio training for you. Eight tips for faster content creation. This training is all about the actual writing process and how you can speed that along. And as always, it's really quick to listen to, learn from, and implement. If you're ready to speed up your content creation process, head on over to amandawarfield.com forward slash resources. Again, that's amandawarfield.com forward slash resources to snag that free audio training. Hit pause, get your hands on it, and start simplifying the content creation process. And then, of course, you can jump right back into this amazing episode. 
Hi, Nicole. I am so excited to have you here and just so honored, honestly, because your podcast is one of my favorites. Anything Disney related is the best. And I just, I can't get enough. I've listened to every episode, but tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do and tell everyone about your amazing podcast. Thank you so much. Um, it's quite an honor to meet someone who actually listens to the podcast other than my mom. My mom will text me after Pixie Dust and Profits episodes come out and she's like, I liked this point about that or thanks for mentioning this. And it's kind of fun that my mom listens to it too. Yeah. So I'm Nicole Boucher. And so I'm an online business manager, business strategist. Essentially what I do for people is help them grow their businesses bigger by having sustainable solutions in place, you know, better processes, being more efficient, getting them streamlined. So they're working on specific strategic projects instead of constantly feeling like they're throwing spaghetti at the wall or trying a little bit over here or over there and realizing they're just totally overwhelmed and scattered. And so I kind of come in, I'm the back office person who helps the CEO, you know, be the CEO and I manage her team usually and just keep it moving forward in a sustainable way so they can actually grow. Um, and Pixie Dust and Profits is my podcast with my co-host Yasmin Kashefi Spencer. And we met at Inspired Retreat, just like um, I've met Amanda at Inspired Retreat. So it's one of those things that was really fun to come out of a collaboration. We ended up rooming together the night before Inspired Retreat because we were both from the north and we had to fly a little bit early to get to Nashville. And I saw in her Facebook profile picture that she was standing in front of the Magic Kingdom castle and she saw that I had like a Mickey and Minnie, Dooney and Burke purse when I walked in the room and like it was just like Disney BFFs ever since. Um, so she's also an online business manager, strategist type of person and role for her clients. And so Pixie Dust and Profits is all about helping small business owners really just take these big business concepts for us. It's like case studies of Disney and how they do things and doing it in their own business on whatever scale they operate on. So a lot of times we feel like people try to teach formulas and tell you like, this worked for me. So try it for you. And you need a hundred thousand Instagram followers and whatever it might be. But, you know, we're essentially taking these lessons we've learned from Disney and showing small business owners how they can apply it in their own way and what makes sense for them and the time commitment that they have with the audience that they have. And it's just super fun to talk Disney and also to help people that normally I wouldn't be able to work with because, you know, I tend to have clients who are like multiple six figures, some seven figure clients, and, you know, that's not in everybody's budget. So I wanted to help in some other way. And it's really fun to be able to do it with the podcast. I love I just cannot get enough. I really can't get enough of your podcast and for all the listeners I feel like I say this every time I record with a guest but I really don't listen to that many podcasts I just reached out to everyone I loved and wanted to have on so another podcast you should listen to but it when I first saw you talking about the podcast when y'all first launched it I was just like this is everything that I didn't know I needed this is amazing <laughs> like Disney and strategy I, it, it blows my mind and business um we we don't use the phrase because we don't know like intellectual property wise if it's right. okay but we <laughs> internally refer to it as Diz and biz <laughs> so we're like okay do you want to do some Diz and biz today <laughs> I love that so much it's so great and you guys do such a good job 
I really feel like we could just talk about your podcast forever, but you do such a good job about breaking it down into, like you said, they're not formulas, but ways that I can implement those things into my own business. I really loved y'all's episode on the hotels. I will link to that one in the show notes, guys, but it, they talk about the different value tiers and how you can implement that. And Meeting your customers at their yes. different price points and their experience points and what they're looking for. Yeah. Yes. That's my favorite episode out of all of them. Yeah. This actually kind of goes back to how it all started because I, in the beginning of my business, I, I, I've been in my business for about four and a half years now. I knew I always wanted to be a small business owner growing up. I was the kid who loved her after school job. Like I was 14 at my my mom didn't own a small business, but she worked for like a family owned, you know, less than 50 employees type of company. And so I would go in after school and I would help the person in shipping get orders out or I would do inventory or answer the phone or order entry. Like I kind of did absolutely anything they needed an extra pair of pants for without being like a full-time employee. So they probably got like really cheap labor, but I loved every minute of it. So I always loved that, that you could kind of change what you wanted to do each day. And that always spoke to me. So, you know, when I went off to college, I did the whole changing majors and all of that fun stuff. But I ended up deciding at one point to go to graduate school. And I was working as a legal assistant to a big corporation at the time. And, you know, the choice was in front of me, do I want to do law school or do I want to do business school? And I was surrounded by lawyers. You'd think that would be the path I had chosen. I ended up deciding business school because I felt like it had more applicability to more situations. And if I chose lawyer, I was a lawyer for life. And I didn't know that that's what I wanted to do. So I went to business school, got my MBA. And after all of that, I, I still had that heart's desire to have a business. And I just never knew what it was. You know, I kind of envied these people who had this product that they had made or even like Etsy sellers and things like they had a craft. And so they naturally had a business, even if they didn't want a business. And I was here like desperately wanting a business and couldn't figure out what I was going to sell. That was like the very beginning of this desire that never got fulfilled. And um, I ended up changing jobs and working in a marketing agency for a little while. And the writing was on the wall that layoffs were probably going to happen when we were you know, winding down on a really big client. And that's really common in the ad agency space. You know, you have a big client and then they kind of switch their creative direction and, you know, you have to move on. And so I started working for a wedding photographer as her studio manager. And at the time, my son was about, I want to say like six months old. And so I really loved this opportunity because I basically ran her business, like helping brides book us, you know, scheduling their wedding dates, doing her social media, a little bit of everything. It was almost like getting to be the small business owner without the risk, right? Um, so I did that for a little while and I got to work part time while my son was a baby. And I just loved that opportunity to be able to like use my skill set, um, use my degrees and do awesome work without it having to be like a full-time corporate career slug. <laughs> Towards the end of that, she was changing her business model. She had had a couple of photographers under her and she was going to go back to being just her, which meant a lot less than 50 weddings a year, no need for a studio manager. And I just sat down and asked myself, like, do, do I want to go back to corporate? Like, what, what am I going to do? And I was kind of backed into a wall at that point. And this is the part that I really want to stress is like, I put up a website in a weekend, like she ended up laying me off because she 
the money wasn't there. And um, when she had made the decision, it was just like an abrupt, like we knew it was coming in a few months, but then it happened to just happen in a week. So I was kind of backed into this wall and I made a website in a weekend. I did not know what the term virtual assistant was or anything like that. And I kind of just threw everything on the wall. And I was just said, you know, I'll do bookkeeping or copywriting. Like my undergrad is in English and math. Like I have both. And um, I was like, I'll do this or that or whatever. And it, <laughs> it was kind of feeling like throwing everything out there. And so I just want to encourage you, like if you're starting out and you feel like you don't know what you're going to do and you have too many options almost, like that's okay. That's kind of how we figure it out. And um, I was telling Amanda this before when we were discussing what, what to talk about that, you know, there's this period in your business when you're kind of starting fresh and just starting it that you can experiment and play and shift really fast and easy. And it's really hard to get back to that point in your business. Like now, like I said, I've been in this for four or five years. Like if I were to make a big shift like that, it would come at some sort of cost, you know, and it would be like, am I willing to take that cost to make this change? But in the beginning of your business, it's very easy to be nimble. Yeah, I love this so much. And I just, as we're recording this, um, it's May. So we're recording this a couple of months before it actually is airing and you guys are hearing it. But I just went through a major pivot in my business. And back in episode two, Kelly Lowerman and I were talking about how so often when we start our businesses, we force ourselves into these corners where we're saying, I have to have a successful business by the end of six months or the end of the year. And you try to, to force your way into that success. But when you're, you're putting those restrictions on yourself and you're forcing yourself into that corner because we feel like we have to have immediate success in this online business thing, you're not giving yourself this time to explore that you're talking about. And I, so wish that I had done this because I was two years into my business. I had courses, I had students, I had all this stuff. And I ended up because of the pivot and because of the decisions that I felt were necessary, having to remove all of that. And I had to take multiple months away from even potentially earning any income because those courses had been what was bringing an in income. I had to to take them down and give myself the space to figure out what's next at a later point and give myself the space to explore later because I didn't do it in the beginning because I put so much pressure on myself. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely um, a place where you put those expectations on yourself. And then, especially in the beginning, you kind of see what other people are doing, like other people similar to you. Um, like I said, I didn't know virtual assistant was a term and I wasn't trying to be a virtual assistant. I don't know if I knew that term, I would have used it. I definitely feel like I'm like a business strategist and I help people move forward, but there's definitely like confidence levels that come with that. Like I knew I could do that work, but I also felt like who's going to trust me. I'm, you know, a 27 year old. <laughs> and back then they were like, I sound so young, but like, I'm like a 27 year old that nobody, I have no experience being a consultant. Why would anyone trust me? And so you've got this like talk that you do with yourself and you hold yourself back in some way. So this, I just want to give people like the freedom to just try it. And especially in the beginning, if it doesn't work, you just pivot next month. You're going to have some things that feel clunky and you're going to learn from it. You know, I remember my first client was I hit like on a LinkedIn post. She was actually my realtor who sold us her house years before. And she had started some sort of like 
marketing agency. And so she did copywriting for people and stuff. And she remembered that I was like the only person who didn't send her typos in my emails to her about what houses we wanted to see. And, you know, it went from there. We just did a couple of odd jobs. And so for a little while, I was doing copywriting for people because I had that experience and I had the marketing agency side. So I could kind of be nimble there. But, you know, about a year, year and a half in, most of my clients were starting to come in for this copywriting. And it was draining me so hard. I got a job that was great, but it was um, very taxing on me because it was helping people learn about like the coaching industry and not necessarily the coaching industry that we're in here, but um, professional coaches. And I had to write all this copy for them. And I just realized about myself that I am the person that I'm an editor. That was what my role was at the ad agency. I could take something that was at like 80% and make it grand and starting at zero at that blank cursor just took so much of a toll on me. Like something that probably takes a real writer an hour to write would take me hours and hours because I was staring at the beginning. And so because of all of this, I learned, well, people need help with their copy. That's what they keep hiring me for. And then when I got into the backside of their business, I'm like, well, actually you might need to think about who your audience is and what you're selling. And, you know, it was an easy way to kind of discover all of the pain points that my clients had because I was in their business so much and talk them into like hiring me for more. So I, I think a lot of the times we worry about when we make shifts and pivots that we need to let go of everything we had or everything we had known and start fresh. It is easier to start fresh. Like whenever I try to help someone make a new website or something like that, it's you know easier to start fresh than to edit the thing that they already have. But you know, being able to see all these different ways that their business is operated on the inside and how they talk to their customers or how their customers interacted with them made it so much easier for me to say, you know, you're hiring me for this, but if I don't have this other piece done first, like anything I do over here is not really going to bring you in more sales or increase like the customer value or anything like that. So, you know, I really think there's opportunity over here. Can I just try doing this for a few months and we can see if something happens and go from there. And so a lot of the clients I work with today, I've worked with for years because I grew my role on their businesses versus saying I am this square box and I'm going to go find another client who fits my new square box. So just encouraging you to grow with your clients too. I don't think that gets talked about as an option quite as much as, you know, go book that next client, you know, that's out there everywhere, but um, this is kind of a form of negotiation, right? You know, you're hiring me for this, like give me a couple extra hours and I can do that. Yeah, I love that. And I love just the idea of continuing to serve your current clients well. And it's a great way to grow and figure out what your next step is. And I have a theory that most, if not all, entrepreneurs are Jacks or Jills of all trades. Because why in the world would anyone be crazy enough to start running a business where you have to wear a million hats if you're not interested in a lot of different things, right? You have to have at least some remote interest in quite a few different areas. I kind of make it your strength, right? Like it's not yeah. a weakness that you want to do all of the things. Um, I know that, for example, my husband is working from home right now. We're in the middle of the coronavirus stay at home orders. And 
you know, the first couple of weeks were so hard for him because he, even as an introvert, he was so used to like driving to the office and being in an office, having your management meetings and all of that stuff. It was so hard for him. And, you know, I think he got a whole new appreciation for what it is to be like an at home, self-employed business owner who's keeping things running virtually. Um, so not much changed for me other than having to homeschool our child. But, you know, it, it was just one of those things like some people have that gene and others don't. And I think that's why I always felt like I felt out of place in corporate, even though I was doing well and my roles kept increasing in difficulty and getting promoted and things like that. And it was a huge loss for me to leave there and go to the ad agency just to see marketing. You know, it, it changed the career path for me and it gave me more opportunity to be flexible. Let me learn like there is more than just this. You know, they say nine to five for corporate, but my experience is more like it was seven to six, seven to seven. <laughs> but you know, it, it just freed that opportunity to say, you know what, other people do live this way. And I can too, I just, you know, need to try something first and see where it goes and then adjust when the data tells me it's not working. Um, so the data could be as simple as, you know, all my clients are asking me for this, and I'm realizing that they would make more money if I did that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that people should embrace how fun it can be to be in the beginning of your business. I know that you're definitely wanting to meet profitability and you know find those new clients and things like that. But I think that if you're open to the experience and you're open to trying new things, like the homework assignment I'd love for you guys to do is just like do one thing outside of your comfort zone. Um, because I feel like that's where we grow. And then people see that enthusiasm and they just want to work with people who are just motivated and enthusiastic. And you know, it's okay to shift and pivot. Don't spend hours like looking on your website that you're creating, trying to come up with the perfect tagline and phrase for like what you do and what you are, because, you know, at the end of the day, at least for me as a service provider, I mean, this is probably different for product providers, but as a service provider, a lot of my new clients come from referrals, from doing good work, from showing up, from having good communication with my clients. And that's the stuff that matters in the end that the people relationships, even though we're virtual. I think so often we get stuck on on the taglines and the things like that and the things that don't really matter. And we're trying to force it when those the right words aren't going to come until you've done the hard work and you've figured out what's working and what isn't. And you know, you have words from your clients as far as what you're actually doing for them. Because so often, like you said, you get into it and you're like, well, I'm you hired me for this, but I'm doing something different. I see that with my time management clients all the time. They hire me for time management, but I end up doing also business mentoring in a way. They'll come to me with a problem. They're like, well, I I'm thinking about doing this, but I don't know how I feel about it. And I end up mentoring on that and doing sort of business coaching as well as time management coaching. And you just get into it and there's just, yeah, we're all humans and we all are evolving and changing daily. And so when you're working with other humans and it's on a one-to-one -one basis, that is always going to be changing and the words will come when they come. Yeah. I mean, taglines and stuff like that have their importance, but I mean, you've heard me talk about the low hanging fruit mm -hmm. in your business and those quick wins and stuff. You know, in the beginning of your business, you have so many quick wins and like low hanging fruit that you can kind of tackle and go after and implement in your business. And so like that might not be the best one to choose, 
And if you do need help choosing what you should work on next, you can go to my website, which I'm sure will be linked in the show notes. And I have a kick shiny object syndrome workbook. And so you can just go there and follow it through. It's more about like choosing the next strategic project for your business. So, you know, it's a little more high level than like choosing what to do today or tomorrow. It's more about business planning, but that's really helpful to just know what to work on next. It's got this fun. I think it's fun. (laughs) This is my nerd showing my operations (laughs) nerd showing, but it's got this nice flow chart that you can just answer yes, no to like eight questions. And it tells you at least what area you should be considering to be doing more work in. But yeah, those things have an importance. It just might not be right now. It's like important, but not urgent. There are other things that are more urgent in the beginning of your business. And that's, you know, figuring out what you do well, what you can balance and like who those right clients are and website words and converting cold audiences usually comes a bit later in your journey. So just want to encourage you to, again, have fun, play with it. You know, if you need help thinking about like what strategic project you should work on, go check out that resource on my website. Yeah, I actually, I've downloaded the resource because I saw you do a training on shiny object syndrome that literally changed my business. You can't see it because it's in front of me, but I've got painter's tape on the wall that has, you know, the quick wins, major projects. I love it. I love it so much. That's like, I love that tool. And obviously you can, you can come to Inspired Retreat and see it if I do it again next time. But um, it's a simple, like, benefit effort chart and you can look up what that is but you'll find it if you download that resource and it's essentially just helping you figure out all those ideas in your head and I think it's really one of those soapboxes that I go on because I feel like especially as creative entrepreneurs the people who are just using that side of their brain more they start getting overwhelmed by the business side of their business because they just they just want to do their craft and you know, there's just so many thoughts that pop into your head and no, you didn't go to business school. Why would you know that there are actually tools out there to help you filter out you know, and prioritize all those ideas coming in? So it's one of those things that I love to do there. We love to do on the podcast. That's like our mission is to share tools, not formulas. Yeah, I love that. And I'm not, I'm a creative entrepreneur, but I'm definitely more analytical like you are. And even for me and for someone who is super organized and you know I can do time management I have no problem checking off the the low hanging fruit and things like that but when it came to deciding what big projects to tackle this changed my business because I was constantly going for all the things it helped me to realize that just because I have a great idea it didn't mean that I needed to actually act on it yeah I'll definitely link to that in the show notes too cuz it was huge for me and I am an analytical person so it's just genius thank um, you so much yeah I'm glad I'm glad you're using it it's happy to know that people are using it and it's helping them you know the flow chart part of that I actually drafted on the airplane home from I think it was an event I was doing with Christina Scalera in the contract shop. And it it just came to me in the first five minutes of the flight and I jotted it down on paper. And I was like, this, this is it. Like, you know, sometimes you just have these epiphanies usually at the airport for me. (laughs) (laughs) When you've got that space, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, this was great. Okay. So I know you already gave everyone a challenge, but I also want to end the episode with a book recommendation from you. So what's one book that you would recommend for everyone? Yes. Okay. So I have it right here just in case um, I forgot, which I wouldn't. Um, it's The Ride of a Lifetime by Bob Iger, the now former CEO of Disney. And you know I have a Disney-based podcast. So it's 
no surprise that I would recommend that. But this is a book I devoured in a couple of days. Um, I tend to enjoy nonfiction books in general, but I think that there's so many lessons in here for any business owner. And it's told in a story format because it's Disney, it's storytelling. So it's a very enjoyable read. And I think the biggest thing that came from it for me was that when he became CEO 15 years ago, he had chosen like three, what I would call strategic pillars. And I think he calls them pillars in there, but maybe he just calls them strategic pillars. But he had chosen like three areas of the business to focus on while he was CEO. And he revisits them while he's writing this. And they were the same three initiatives today as they were 15 years ago when he laid them out. It was about creating great content and experiences and just things like that. And so it, for me, who goes around teaching people that, you know, big businesses only choose two or three of these, and they have hundreds of thousands of employees. So you as an entrepreneur, you're trying to do all six things at once. Like, if a big company with 100,000 people can only do two or three, don't put it on your shoulders to do all six. So for me, that was just really validating. And I think something that everyone can learn from like, for 15 years, he chased the same realm of projects. And I mean, despite everything going on right now, Disney was still like the most profitable it has ever been um, in the last few years. And you know, a lot of it is because this man was CEO. And there's just so many nuggets. If you use quotes on your Instagram, there's so many that you could find in this book. Like I had to, <laughs> I had to take my phone out and take pictures every few pages and stop myself. I had to put my phone away so it stopped screenshotting everything because I just needed to read it. Oh, I'm gonna have to look that up. I actually haven't heard of that one, so I'm gonna add that to my list because it came out in like November or December, so it's relatively new. All right. Well, Nicole, where can everyone find you? because I know they're going to want to go check you out after hearing all of the great stuff that you have. And there's so much more that Nicole can teach all of y'all. Seriously, I just, we barely broke the surface with this. So where can everyone find you? Thank you. Um, it was awesome to be here and to chat about all these things this morning. Um, you can find me at nboucher214. That's generally my tag everywhere. 214 is my birthday. There's some other Nicole Boucher out there that has taken everything else. So I just went with, okay, we'll, we'll go with nboucher214. Um, but more easily, Pixie Dustin Profits. If you are at all a Disney fan, or even if you're not, I feel like there's business lessons for you, even if Absolutely. you're not a Disney fan and you can just look at it the lens of like analyzing what the big guys are doing out there. But Pixie Dust and Profits is really like our baby right now and the most accessible for getting tools every day or every week that we release an episode, tools that will help you move your business forward and genuinely send us a message. We're really happy to take your thoughts and answer them. And maybe in an upcoming episode, we have a case study about it. So it will be really fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.